Good evening. Good evening. It is good to have this number back out with us for our second half of our worship service. Something is said in your Bibles. We're going to cover it tonight. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. A lot of people tend to forget the, uh, the characteristics of our God and Father. One of them is that He is light. We're going to look at that tonight. See, as the Son proceeded forth from the Father here upon this earth, and He was light Himself, as He talks about Himself tonight as we look into it, and as He says that He is light, He's coming to a light in the world. We'll cover those verses. We'll get there. But we're going to start in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Did you hear what was said? As John writes to us and he says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So we think about darkness and light, light being the representation of righteousness and darkness being an indication or, a, or, a, or showing of wickedness. We hear about God not having any darkness at all. There is no wickedness with God at all. The Bible be like pure. That's right, pure. We think about our God and Father as pure, undefiled, unchained, a pure God, pure and holy God as well. Thank you for that, Jimmy. So we think about light. We think about pure. We think about being in the presence of God. Well, let's look back in our Old Testament. Remember Moses. We made reference to that this morning as he come down off the mountain and his face was shining so brightly that the people, they couldn't even behold his face. They had to cover their eyes, so they had to put a veil over his face. That was just him being in the presence of God. Now imagine seeing the glory of God in his purity, in his unfeigning, him as light. When Revelation speaks of the new heaven and new earth, there is no sun. There is no moon, for God provides the light. Well, let's look at the other end of that spectrum. Satan is full of darkness, wickedness, deceit. What's the purpose of light? To reveal things in the darkness. And we're going to get to our duties here upon this earth a little bit later in this lesson. So we see the two characteristics of God, and we see the characteristics of, well, some of the characteristics of God and some of the characteristics of Satan. Now, I know they have a lot more. But here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, we see him as a characteristic of light. You might think, well, a light bulb can produce light. That's not the light that we're talking about. And Jimmy, you hit the nail on the head. That's him being a pure being. And in him is no darkness at all, no wickedness at all. So we turn back to, let's get started here, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death light has 
dawn. That's from Isaiah, recurring here in Matthew. Matthew's recurring it, and he says this. The Gentiles, folks, that's you and I. Keep that in mind. We once sat in darkness, and the righteousness of God has been revealed unto us. Of course, through the many years down the road, here it is opened unto us tonight, showing the righteousness of God. Showing that Jesus Christ as a light himself. This light dawning, that was Jesus Christ. Prophesying of his arrival. Prophesying of his leaving heaven, coming to this earth, and shining light on darkness. That being said, the reason why I say it that way. Christ's purpose, one of his purposes, leaving heaven, coming to this earth to reveal our wickedness. Mankind's setting in darkness to remove us from that status. To show us the way. To show us how we are to live, how we are to treat one another. Look previous to Christ. Look previous to, look previous to the flood. That's a whole lot of previous, is it not? What about the flood? Why did God send to flood this earth? Right? Because the hearts and the minds of men were wicked continuously. They, have, they had completely removed themselves from God. And God was fed up. It repented God that he had made man. You remember that? But thankfully through Noah's eyes, he seen faithful service throughout the years. And mankind was spared through those eight souls upon that, upon that ark. Here Isaiah refers, excuse me, Matthew refers to Isaiah to say that those sitting in darkness, you and I, the light was going to be revealed. He has already been revealed. We go a little bit further in Luke chapter 1 and verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, that verse ends with the word peace. Have you ever considered peace in your life? Now, I know there's a lot of things going on in our life that we're struggling with, we're thinking about, and, 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 think this, and we just can't rest. Our, our minds are steadily thinking about, I'm in the same boat that you are, right? We're, we're dealing with certain things. This peace is not that type of peace. This is a spiritual peace. This is a spiritual comforting that only Jesus Christ can give us. Yes, I understand that there's false teaching that can give that comfort, but it's not real comfort, now is it? Especially when you can rebuke it when it comes to God's Word. And it makes you think and wonder because we, we've had conversation with folks who are wrong. And they need a little correction and then they want to rebuke you and say, well, have you considered this? And I said, well, I haven't considered that in a matter of speaking. We don't do it that way. Well, that's how the Bible says we're supposed to do it. To show us the way to live. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Christ uses that word way as well, John 14, 6. I know that. He says he is the way. He is the life. I understand that. No other way can we receive peace except through Christ. Because he offers it. 
A mindset unto salvation. Now, the reason why I say unto, none of us have achieved salvation yet. I know there are some folks who rebuke that as well. So, well. But we're already saved. Yes, you're wearing Christ. Yes, you've been saved of your sins, but you haven't achieved salvation yet because Christ hadn't come back yet. We're all waiting for that, right? We're all yearning for that return. A lot of folks are not. The reason why I say a lot, because there's a whole bunch of folks who find that gate that leads to destruction, is there not? I want to put that into our minds as well. Destruction isn't any fun for those who are being destroyed. But the ones who are doing the destructing, oh, that's fun. I will say that from firsthand experience. In a, at a construction site, when, you, when you're tearing things up and there's no rhyme or reason, it's just got to come down, right? And tearing a house down, it's just got to come down. Make sure the power's off. Make sure the water's off. Make sure the gas is off. Have at it. Construction's a little bit different, is it not? Foundation's got to be built. The walls have got to be straight. Everything's got to fit just right. Everything's got to measure off one another. Christ shows us how to be built. That is, as a child of God. I guess a good question now, are you still abiding in darkness? Are you still sitting in darkness? The way has been shown unto you. Ever heard that term? I see the light at the end of the tunnel. My mind goes back to old uh, Wally Coyote in the cartoon. How many times was it a train in that tunnel? Right, Roadrunner goes through it, and when Wally Coyote just gets hit by the train. Jesus says that light is not a train, right? In a matter of speaking, he says it's heaven. We need to keep pushing forward. We press toward the goal. We move on toward perfection. Because our, it's this life of Jesus, his lifestyle, his, 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 the way he treated everybody, the way he carried himself, the way he cared for you and I, even unto this day, showed us the way of peace. Also, John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Did you hear what John just said? In him was life. I believe John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, truth, and the life. Does he not? So when he offers life, only life resides in him. He's the only one that can give us eternal life. <coughs> Therefore, he died upon that cross for it to be available. And the life was the light of men. So you think about yourself as a child of light. Those who have been immersed, those who are living faithful to the best of our ability until this day. You've, you've repented of your sins. With none. That don't mean we're not perfect. We are not perfect. That does not, not mean that, right? It means that we are, we are fallible. We, we, we falter. We stumble. Thankfully, we have an out. We have a way out of that sinful state, this horrible thing that we've done that's displeasing in the eyes of God is called repentance. It's called to turn away from, right? It means to be restored. It means to be forgiven. Do you consider yourself a child of light tonight? 
because a child of light refers back to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5, chapter 5, verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. A child of God is referred to as a son or daughter, ladies, you're included, of light. Children of light. Guess what Jesus Christ was? The light of the world. We call ourselves Christians, right? To, to, the, to, the, to the public, to the lost. We consider ourselves a child of light. We consider ourselves that Christian. But does the world see us that way? That's another good question. Does the world see us Christ-like? The scriptures also tell us that the world's going to hate us. Jesus said it himself, did he not? The world's going to hate you because it hated me first. So when we think about being this child of light, being not of the darkness, nor of the night, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. When you consider yourself a child of God and being this child of light, as we had a couple of sermons ago, do you hold up? Are you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing? Are you living out your life as, you, as, as God would have you to live it? Because that's exceedingly important. I can remember, I can remember back to my childhood, and I, and I would... I would do something that's, that's displeasing to my grandmother because that's who we raised up with, right? Because she was there all the time. Whenever mom was working, we went to summers and spent it with her. So when we go do something that's displeasing her, would we do it in front of her? Oh, no, we'd sneak away. So we don't want her to see that. We'd sneak away. We'd get away from her. Folks, we can't get away from God. He's always watching. He's always looking. My mind goes back to the prodigal son's father. What was he doing? He was looking a great way off. Even though his son wasn't with him, he was looking a great way off, waiting for him to come back, and he sees him and runs to him and meets him, I would say, three-quarters of the way and embraces him. That's God. When we falter, when we stumble, because sometimes the darkness overtakes, does it not? Sometimes the sin overcomes and we say, Satan, I, I, I'm going to go with you. And you think back, so why did I do that? Why did I do that iniquitous thing? That's a good word, ain't it? Iniquitous. Why did I do that sinful thing that separated me from my God? Why did I do that? Lord, I need you back. So you repent. Stop doing it. That is repent. You confess that sin if it's public. And if it's not public, it's between you and God still nonetheless. Remember what the prodigal son said to his father? First, he made his mind up, remember? He made his mind up, so I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to tell him, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me like at least one of your hired servants. At that time, the hired servants is better off than I am, the prodigal son. And he says, I'm going to go to my father and say this thing. Make me like one of your hired servants. And what does he do? He goes to his father. Father embraces him, kisses on his neck. 
and he rejoices because he comes back. What does the son say? I'm not worthy to be your son. I am, I am not fitting. Make me like one of your hired servants. And what does he do? He restores his son. There's a great feast. The purpose of that parable was the latter, though. The elder son's attitude with the, with the purpose of that parable. That was the actual purpose of it. Now, a lot of times we like to stop at the problem some, but we need to think about ourselves. Have we left? Have we put on darkness? Or are we still a child of light? What do you do with a candle? If, if you're needing it, the power goes off. I understand we turn the light switch off. They didn't have that back then. If you turn the light switch on, the lights come on if you paid your power bill and the electricity's working, right? And the, and the bulb is good. I understand all that. It's supposed to come on, and most time it does, right? Unless there's a problem. Say the power goes out. The fuse box blows up. Something's wrong, and the lights don't come on, right? How many of y'all have candles in your house? Coal lanterns and so forth, right? You're prepared. Again, this morning was all about being prepared, right? You're prepared for a power outage. You ever lit that candle and just let the, or rather a coal oil lamp? That's one we have. We don't have lamp. We don't have candles. We have coal oil lamps. You ever put the coal oil lamp and just leave it open and don't put the globe on it? Fire's all bright. It's kind of hard to look at it. It's kind of smoking. You got to turn it way down. It doesn't produce much light that way, does it? It's, it's amazing. You put that glass globe on there, and what happens? The light is diffused, and the walls and things that are in the room have light on them. That was Christ's purpose. To reveal sin. He came to this world, put on flesh, and condemned sin in the flesh. Now, reflecting back on ourselves, are we just that lamp standing there burning? Or have we put our lampshade on? Have we done the best of our ability to be that child of light? Or a worst case scenario, have you put something over it all together? The reason why I ask that is this. Because when we're out there in the community, we might call ourselves a child of God, but we don't look like a child of God in the community. We have put a basket. We have put a cover over our Christianity. That's not pleasing to God at all. A child of light is going to resemble Christ's light. Christ's purpose was to take our sins away. Our sins needed to be revealed, and that was that Jesus Christ was that light. And in John chapter 1, verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So when you make that transition from being lost to saved, being immersed or baptized for the remission of sins, when you make that transition, you are no longer a child of darkness. You have become a child of light. And light, that light was given to you by the blood of Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, when we revert back to our sins, the writer of Hebrews says it plainly. 
chapter 10, verse 26 and 27. Actually, 28 and 29 and 30. But more explicitly, 26 and 27 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let's don't revert back to that sad state. Let's make sure our sacrifice for our sins remains. Because Christ is that light. God is light as himself. As we have read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, Jesus was a representation of God, was he not? He was God in fleshly form. Therefore, he was a light. But you know what? You know how darkness fills with light? Darkness hates light. Hates it. Sin, the, this, the iniquity, the wickedness, they hate righteousness. It, it, it hates it. It don't want nothing to do with it. Men, as Jesus came to this earth, so many thousand years ago, they hated it. They loved the darkness. They didn't like their iniquities revealed. They loved the darkness rather than the light. But then there was some that said, we want nothing to do with that darkness. I'd much rather have a peace of mind that Christ can give. Folks, that peace is extended unto us today. That light was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. We are included. We can have a peace of mind. We can have a piece of that light that Jesus Christ actually is. Revealing of the iniquities in our lives. Turning away from those iniquities. And putting our best foot forward. We make mention this morning of putting our best foot forward in the service of God. And in John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. What a wonderful statement. I don't know if that gives you warm and fuzzy feelings all over to know that Christ offers you the light of life. He does say it in John 14, 6. Remember, we had, of course, this is a little bit further back in John, but he does say this. I am the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through or by me. We have the King James, New King James. He says he is the light. He is the light. Anyone following me, he ain't going to abide in darkness. You shall not abide in darkness. Following Christ, how do you follow Christ? Let me ask you that. How do you love Christ? Do you remember the verses? Remember book, chapter, and verse? John? 15, verse 9 and 10. Keeping his commandments. If you're following Christ, you're not going to abide in darkness now, are you? Because you're a child of light. You know what, it, you know what sin, you know what iniquity is going to do to you. It's going to remove you from the presence of Christ. It's going to remove you from the presence of the Holy Spirit abiding in you. Well, we don't want that now, do we? We want to stay in that relationship. We need that connection. We want it to continue to be there. He says, I am the light of the world. When he come into this earth, whenever he put on flesh, he started his ministry, he was revealing darkness. 
How did those Jews respond to that revealing? Not too good, did they? They didn't respond at all. Well, they, they didn't respond in a well manner. Let me say it that way. Because they responded, did they not kill him? Did they not kill the Son of God for his teachings? They did. He was the light of the world. As we follow him today, we're not going to walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Have we considered that? Have we considered that as a child of God to have a little piece of light abiding in us? But unfortunately, here we go again, right? That little light can extinguish just like any light bulb in your home. It'll go out. It will go out eventually. It'll eventually quit working. Either you call an electrician, call a family member with a ladder or somebody with a little bit of knowledge, right, to replace that lamp. Screw that new lamp in there, hit that light switch off, and on it comes. Right? In a representation of us as Christians, what a wonderful representation. Whenever sin enters into our hearts, that lamp goes out. You've got a blown light bulb. Most time they turn black. You ever notice that? When they blow, they just turn black, whether it be uh, HID or incandescence or LED. I think it just quits working. But inside, it turns black as well. We call it letting the smoke out. <laughs> but when it blows, it needs to be repaired. When we sin, that connection needs to be repaired. That's how important repentance is. To restore that correction or to, to correct that injustice. To correct that wrong thing that we did. And when we repent, when we confess, when we pray for that sin to be removed, as a child of God, don't get me wrong, as a child of God, as this child of light, that light can go out with sin, repented, forgiven, that light will come back on. Your connection is restored. Your light bulb, so to speak, has been changed. So Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now, as everybody has turned there, listen to it one more time. Thinking about a child of light, sinning, erring, need to be restored to have their light turned back on, so to, so to speak. The night is far spent. That is said, we've done enough past time. We've spent enough past time doing the will of Gentiles or being that sinful person. Those days, it's, it's, it's spent. We, we've gone too far into the night. The day is at hand. What day is that, you might ask? Is that the dawn coming up? No, that's not it. This is judgment day. The judgment day is at hand. It's right around the corner. And I'll ask again, I asked this morning, are you ready for that day to come? We sing a song about that, do we not? So we think about this whenever it's written again. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Christ offers that light tonight. We don't have to walk in darkness anymore as people. We can be forgiven. 
we can be restored. And our little light will come right back on. Christ was the light of the world. Someone who is abiding in Christ's love, keeping his commandments, their light is shining. Because they're not abiding in darkness, are they not? No, of course not. For a child of God cannot abide in darkness. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Works of darkness, works of iniquity, works of wickedness. Stop doing those things. Quit it. Come back to God. I know there are some who need to hear this message, especially even in our congregation, especially those who have left their congregations altogether who are hearing this message. I wish they would listen. As they have separated themselves from God, God is waiting for them to come back. As he is waiting for them to come back, he knows that they're abiding in darkness. And they don't know where they're going. They're lost. Their spiritual eyes have been blinded. Satan basically has plucked them out. So tonight, I want to encourage something. If you find yourself abiding in darkness or continually doing the works of darkness, doing the works of iniquity, do not, not abiding in Christ's love, that is, keeping His commandments, you can stop. You can come back to Him. He will forgive you. And you can be restored. And you can yet once again have that peace we mentioned of in Luke chapter 1, verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Do you have peace in your mind tonight? Are you abiding in Christ right now? Because if you are not, we can make that change. We can be restored, or you can become a child of God. If you're hearing this message and, and you realize that you haven't even been immersed for the, for the remission of sins, let's start our spiritual walk. Don't wait any longer. As you have heard this message, let me encourage you. You will be lost if you are not immersed. Don't let anyone trick you. Mark 16, 16 says it plainly. He who, is, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not is condemned already. Belief and baptism leads to salvation. So you may have been baptized for the remission of sins and you might have taken that short walk with Satan. Are you abiding in darkness? We could turn that light back on tonight by confessing that sin, repenting of that sin and confessing that sin and we will be happy to help you and pray for you. Do you need prayers of the church? Do you need encouragement? There's no reason you should walk out of these doors or take another breath being lost. Are you lost tonight? Let's turn your light back on as we stand, as we sing the song of invitation.